1: Welcome on into The Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. I am very excited about today's discussion talking all about Disney princess movies. It's going to be so fun. Um, I don't want to come out and, and um, just say that Disney princess movies are bad for girls. I think they're so problematic because... Um, What we're going to be talking about today is a study from BYU that did some research on um, kids watching these Disney princess movies. And so while, yes, I have a few uh, issues with some of the... uh, Uh, women's issues that come out of these Disney princess movies it is uh, not a blanket statement to say they're all good or all bad so um, joining me now is Sarah Coyne she's a professor of child development at Brigham Young University in Provo uh, BYU and she did a major study in fact two major studies on um, Disney princess movies and how they affect young girls Sarah thank you for joining me today Thank you so much for having me on the program. Okay, so I need you to just break this down for me generally. Talk to me about the last study you did on young girls when watching Disney princess movies and then how you followed these girls through ages 10 and 11, I believe. So the first study, uh, we wanted to find out the impact
2: of princess culture on young boys and girls. And so we asked them a bunch of questions when they were four and then again when they were five. And we found for girls who are really into princess culture, they tended to be more gender stereotyped. One year later and gender stereotypes can be bad because they can be limiting in terms of um, trying new things. Um, Girls who hold on to gender stereotypes might feel like they are, can do um, less well in math and science, less
1: likely to go to college and so on.
2: Now, when you say, sorry, can
1: I just clarify, what do you mean when you say gender stereotyped? So the idea
2: that women are nurturing and kind and meek and submissive and, uh, not willing to take risks and yielding. And so, yeah, just kind of this like very, very feminine uh, stereotype that we see. Okay.
1: So this, so, so you had a concern about this study um, sort of progressing to you as girls get older, they were just going to inherently adopt these beliefs about themselves. Yeah. So that's why we decided to
2: do the follow-up study to try to find out if there's a long-term effect of princess culture in that original study, we also didn't find an impact on body image, which was surprising, given like you know Disney princesses' waists or the size of their necks, and mm. you know,
1: I swear if you made them, a, like that. Yeah, uh, I swear if you made them an actual human being, they would topple over. Like they, it's not even realistic their body dimensions.
2: <laughs> for sure, yeah, they definitely would. And so I thought well, that's kind of weird. What's going on? And I realized, you know, most five-year-olds have pretty good body image, and so we wanted to. Study them when they were about 10 and 11, kind of on the cusp of puberty when body image concerns start to come online. There's a lot of gender development that happens, you know, between the ages of 5 and 10. And so we decided
1: to go and follow up again. And tell me the findings of that second study. They surprised you, yeah? Yeah.
2: Yeah, they sure did.
1: So we found
2: that for both boys and girls who were into princess culture at age 4, they tended to adhere less to norms of hegemonic masculinity. And what that means is they viewed men and women as more equal. So they were were more likely to say, you know, women should be just as likely as men to go to college, or men should be just as likely as women to do the dishes, things like that. And they also uh, believed that men would be okay to express emotion in interpersonal relationships. So like if a boy is upset, it's okay for him to cry. It's okay to talk about his feelings. So that was like the major finding. And then we also found that for low-income families only, uh, they actually had better body image in early adolescence if they weren't a Disney princess uh, culture early on. And Tell me why that is. Yeah. Why only low-income kids? That one baffled me a little bit because you know psychological theory would suggest we're more likely to imitate the close to ourselves um and uh the princesses themselves are royalty they're high socioeconomic status right so why would low-income kids be more likely to have better body image and you know there's there's quite a few kind of rags to riches kind of story i suppose you know if you think about tiana tiana's one of my favorite princesses and it's all about working hard and um, following your dreams and persevering in the face of hardship. And and so maybe something spoke in that case and um, not necessarily the bodies themselves, but more of like the themes of being a confident, powerful, strong woman, maybe they bought into. So that's kind of what I got for that. But it was, it was a confusing finding to be sure.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. So some of the themes... Like, I started this segment by saying, I don't want to say that all Disney princess movies are bad because essentially what you're saying is that these girls and boys that you studied from a young adult, young child age until um, early adolescence actually developed sort of more progressive views about um, gender roles and equality and and so that's a message that i want my children to adopt right but some of the issues i take with some of these early princess movies and i think disney's getting better at this but like your Ariels, your cinderellas your beauty and the beasts your uh those like late 90s disney movies uh the women and the storylines are all focused around love And they're all focused around marriage and they're all focused around happily ever after and sort of that message of like, find the man, the man will save you and then you'll live happily ever after. And as we all know, that's not really real life. Absolutely. And that's a major criticism
2: of Disney. Um, It's about women's stories, but it's really about men's stories because it's all about finding a man, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Finding a man, finding love. Um, And the princesses give up a lot to be with men. So Ariel is, is one, I mean, I love the little mermaid. I love certain things about the story, but it's problematic in that she, she gives up her voice for this. Literally, man. Literally. Family. Lives, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, there's a lot of sacrifice in that movie and, and, you know, with beauty and the beast, there, there's some red flags, right? Like there's some anger issues, <laughs> abusive relationship, you know, Going on here, and they did well. Maybe I can just change him, and you know. So there's certainly some problematic themes uh, in those early Disney movies. Yeah, know are concerning.
1: we're talking with Sarah Coyne. She's a professor at BYU of child development. Um, and uh, she did a couple of studies on how Disney princess culture affects kids. We're going to take a break. Um, when we dive in, Sarah, uh, in our next segment, I want to know how we as moms can or should do we need to sort of reframe these Disney princess movies for our young daughters in particular, but also our sons. So we'll take a break more on the mom show when we come back.
0: You've joined the Mom Show. Being a mom can be tough sometimes. We try to make it easier. Here's Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio.
1: Welcome back into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. We are talking about Disney princess culture today. This is going to be a very fun conversation. And specifically talking with Sarah Coyne. She's a child development professor at Brigham Young University. She has done two recent studies. Uh, looking at kids and how Disney princess culture impacts them. And they did one study years ago with kids ages four and five, and then another study followed up, right, Sarah, correct me if I'm wrong, with those same kids ages 10 and 11 to sort of see how some of the Disney princess culture had impacted them. So um, can you recap again sort of what that latter study found and what surprised you about it? Yeah, sure. So boys and girls who were into
2: Disney princess culture at age four tended to hold more progressive attitudes around both men and women in early adolescence. And this surprised me because in our earlier research, we found a more of a negative effect in that girls were more stereotyped.
1: Okay. So uh, when you say they, they developed more progressive views, meaning they saw more equity among men and women, they saw more in relationships, they saw more women as independent like just sort of all the kind of traditional gender roles we should say exactly okay exactly
2: more progressive
1: progressive, less traditional gender roles okay so sarah i have a six-year-old girl and so i've thought a lot about this disney princess culture and you know some of the there's a few issues I take with some of those early Disney princess movies. Your Cinderella's, your um, your Snow White's, your uh, Beauty and the Beast's, your Little Mermaids, right? These are all centered around women, but really they focus on how the woman finds the man. And the woman sacrifices for the man. And there's this happily ever after notion that just once you get married and you get the man, then you're all set in life. And on top of that... There's the the what we're seeing with body image issues, right, where there's uh, these female characters who are just rail thin. Like, I swear they wouldn't even be able to stand up if you put them in real life with their proportions. And so they like our young girls, especially who watch these movies, are just seeing they're not seeing regular, normal looking bodies. They're only seeing these perfectionistic bodies. So I'm wondering, Sarah, what is my job here as the mom? Do And I should say, at the same time I see these problems with Disney princess culture, you could also sort of frame these movies as like, listen, Ariel knows exactly what she wants. She more or less defies her parents' (laughs) wishes, right? And she is strong and independent, and she goes after what she wants. I sometimes try to reframe some of these Disney movies for... My daughter in particular, is that what I'm supposed to be doing as a mom? Or do you think there needs to just be a shift in general with these movies? I I
2: think there has been a shift.
1: Now you have your Moana's and your Braves and these type of characters, your uh, Raya's, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. So that's been helpful, but kids still love the early princesses. They still love the early princess movies. And so I think a reframe is nice and I'll give you an example. So, I did this study because I had a daughter who was really into princesses at age like three or four, and there wasn't really any research done. And there were some articles coming out saying princesses were bad for girls, but not really any academic research behind it. And I thought, well, I study children in media. I could do that study. Right. <sighs> so I did the study. The first uh, data collection happened right when Tangled came out. Mm. So Rapunzel movie. So that was, you know, the big movie. And Uh, We asked the girls and the boys who your favorite princess was and why. And um, Rapunzel was the number one, but, you know, Cinderella and Little Mermaid that you mentioned were kind of two and three. And when we asked them why they liked him, the number one answer was around appearance. So because she's pretty, because she has blonde hair, you know, because she's beautiful and so on. And only a small, very small number of, Participants mentioned interpersonal characteristics like I like Mulan because she saves China. That's better than being blonde. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I <laughs> got another is Blondes objectively, <laughs> objectively, that's right. Um, and so, some of the princesses are amazing. Like, like, like you said, they have these wonderful interpersonal qualities. And at age four, it's kind of hard to pull those out. And so that is. I think princesses represent an opportunity for parents then to be able to talk about gender and maybe the limitations that we see in the media and how they're portrayed. And then those qualities that you want your child um, to gain, like, like being loyal or brave or hardworking or, or kind or independent or, you know, all there, there's so many things that the stories can be very complex.
1: We're talking with child development oh, professor at BYU, Sarah Coyne. Sarah, what is your biggest takeaway from these, this research that you've done? I think I can be
2: a little bit more relaxed about princesses. And I think that princesses can have a power for good if we as parents help um, model that behavior and then also talk to our kids about it. And I'll give you an example. So my daughter that I mentioned, her name's Hannah. And um, at the time she was really into princesses and I I just finished the study and then brave came out. Right. And brave was a very, very different movie princess movie. So we sat in the theater and we watched the movie and I was cheering, you know, the part where she's wearing the corset and then she like grunts and then the corset bursts open and she shoots the arrow. And I was like, "Ah!" (laughs) "Wow, this is amazing stuff here. And so I loved it. We talked all about it. And then when Disney released, uh, the doll of Merida or Merida on the lunchbox or whatever was a very different Merida. Um, she was looked far more feminine. They put makeup on her. Her um, dress was lower cut and sparkly. They took away her arrow and gave her the sparkly sash. Her eyes were bigger. She was wider. Like all of these weird changes. They felt like they had to feminize the character of Merida to be able to sell her. And my daughter was like six or seven, about the same age as your daughter. But I thought how they took such a wonderful film and then really stepped us back like a century here. And so I was able to talk to my daughter about that. And then when we would go out, she would point out every single time, and she still does it today. She's 13, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she still points it up. That's not the right Merida. That's not the Merida from the movie. She didn't look like that. Why would they do that? And then she'd say stuff like, I'm not buying that soup cam, you know? And I thought that like, she was internalizing it, um, that she really liked the Merida from the film, but she wasn't going to buy this version of Merida that Disney was trying to sell her later on. And so that's the kind of critical thinking that I think we can instill in our children um, through Disney princess conversations.
1: I love that message so much. And I want to dive in in our next segment, Sarah, about how how do you have these conversations? Like, I always find it so awkward with my daughter when I'm like, you know, tucking her into bed and I want to, like, bring up some (laughs) feminist, you know, like topic as she's like, Mom, tell me a story or something. You know, I just find it awkward to just like instill this kind of. Advice on her in a way. So I want to get your thoughts on how you sort of have these conversations with your daughter. We'll take a break. Uh, Sarah Coyne is a child development professor at BYU. Studied, has done two studies now on Disney princess culture and their impacts on kids. So we'll take a break. More with Sarah when we come back on The Mom Show.
0: It's the toughest, most important job in the world. for kids. If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning. And then someone hands you a baby. <laughs> this is The Mom Show. It's where moms come to learn and share. Our host is Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM.
1: Welcome back into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. If you are just joining us, you can podcast this episode wherever you podcast. Just search for the KSL Mom Show or download the KSL News Radio app, and that is where uh, we live as a show. All of these episodes go up in podcast form so you can listen back to any episode and especially this uh, full conversation we're having with Sarah Coyne, who is a BYU child development professor, uh, and she's done two studies on Disney princess culture and uh we're talking about some of the results from her studies namely she did one study uh, where she looked at kids girls and boys and um found that as they got older studied the same group and found that this disney princess culture the effect it had on kids really uh wasn't as shocking to her as she thought namely they uh she thought they might have Especially the girls have body image issues as they got older, and she didn't find that. And these kids in the latter study actually had more progressive views about relationships between. Men and women, less uh, traditional gender roles. So we find that, Sarah, as encouraging, right, to create more gender equity out there. Um, In the end of our last segment, we were talking about how you kind of have some of these conversations with your girls. And you pointed out specifically the movie Brave with the character of Merida Uh, when this movie came out. You know, it's a big deal to have this female lead who this doesn't center on. Her romance, right? Her trying to find her happily ever after. The whole movie centers on her trying to find her independence from her parents and really use her voice and try to speak up as, you know, she has these skills and people are trying to knock her down, right? So um, some really encouraging themes in that movie. But then you were saying that when you saw the merchandise that came out from Disney, it was all a more a feminized version of Merida. She like had the corset and the wider eyes and more sparkly. And you were able to kind of point this out to your daughter to now where now your daughter actually says, I'm not going to buy, that's not the right Merida. That's not the right Merida. (laughs) So talk to me about how you have some of these conversations with your kids.
2: Man, It's just like having any kind of conversation when you want to kind of impart some sort of values on your kids. Uh, I, i just do it casually and frequently and i always ask what they think first right so let's say we we got out of i don't know moana or something and I'll, my my first question is what did you what did you guys learn what did you guys like about the movie what did you guys like about moana and then i just listen mm. and they the depth of insight sometimes surprises me you know sometimes it's like i like the fart jokes or right, something. Right. Like,
1: okay here <laughs> right. we go i was like how but much insight is my six-year-old gonna actually give me uh i don't know you think surprises what you're saying though decent amount yeah
2: yeah um but then that gives you an opportunity then to say what you think and you'd be like yeah i like that too um And I also liked how strong she was and she was able to do things without having to rely on anybody else or, or, you know, whatever it is that you want to bring up that way you, you you do it in a really non-threatening casual way. And if your kids are anything like mine, there's lots of opportunity to talk about Disney princesses because they're all over the place. Right. So I don't do, I definitely don't do it every time that would be exhausting. Um, But yeah, certainly, you know, on occasion, when we watch a movie or read a book um, or have a toy or whatever, you can act it out too, right? So if you're playing dolls with your kids, that's a really nice way to like, hey, like this girl's going to go to college and get a PhD. <laughs> like, I don't know, whatever right. you want to do.
1: Right. Um Whatever. Sarah let me tell you my six year old daughter right now is obsessed with motherhood she like plays pregnancy with our nanny at home she stuffs things in her shirt she cradles dolls and babies and obviously I'm a mother there's nothing inherently wrong with motherhood but part of me is Absolutely. a little bit worried that she is so obsessed with motherhood that this is going to be your only life's mission and again if it is your only life's mission that's okay but Maybe she's just so young right now. She's just playing. But do I, do I need to be instilling her in her <laughs> – let me give you an example of what I'm trying to ask here. The other night she was talking to me, and she's, she's obsessed with marriage too. And she said, um, Mom, I want to get engaged on a Ferris wheel. And I was like, okay, that's cool if you want to get engaged on a Ferris wheel. And I just said something like, but what if you don't get engaged? And she like broke down in tears, started crying. And I said, did I just crush your dreams? And she goes, mom, you crushed my dreams. I was just like, (laughs) oh, my gosh. And I guess I'm just wondering how you strike this balance of like, this isn't a bad thing that she's aspiring to be. But I also want to instill in her some more well-rounded, you know, you can do anything. You can obviously go to college. You can have your own career, all these things. Great
2: question. And I think the true mark of a feminist is somebody that supports women in their choices, whatever they be, whether that's a stay-at-home mom or whether that's a high-power attorney that also has kids, right? So there's all sorts of ways to be a woman. And something that I would love to put in our vocabulary is the word and. We often think of it as an or, so I can be a mother or I can have a job but I cannot do both. And frankly, I think that probably the best thing that you're doing for her is what you're doing right now when I mean, you're going to be a lot more salient of a model than any sort of media character or princess. And she's going to learn so much from watching you do what you do. And so, you know, just kind of having those conversations of how we love motherhood. We celebrate motherhood. I love being a mother, um, but make sure you go get her, your education as well. Cause you don't know what's going to happen and you don't know what your life's going to be like. So, you know, stick around in school.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that message of the and, right? And so often we don't impose that belief on men, right? We don't say to men, you can be a dad or have a career. It's just like like, expected that that's what they do. And so it is, I I think, unfair that we get that message sometimes.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we send it to To you know, really young kids from a very young age, especially in our culture.
1: Yeah, really important to pay attention to those uh, that language that you're using in particular. Uh, Sarah Coyne is a child development professor at BYU. She did two studies on um, princess culture and its impact on kids. Let's take a break, Sarah. I want to dive into your findings a little bit more when we come back on the Mom Show.
0: Back inside the Mom Show, dads are welcome, but moms come here to be heard. We're with Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio.
1: Welcome back into The Mom Show. Thank you for joining us. Been having a lovely conversation today with a child development professor at BYU, Sarah Coyne. And, Sarah, you did two studies on Disney princess culture and how it impacts young kids. Can you summarize for me the findings of both your studies?
2: Yeah. So the early research found that there was a a short-term negative effect of princess culture on girls, especially. It tended to prescribe more to female gender stereotypes, which can be pretty limiting. Uh, Then we followed up the kids five years later when they were 10 and 11, and we kind of saw a flip-flop. So those kids who were into princess culture at age four or five tended to hold more progressive attitudes around men and women uh, during early adolescence.
1: Okay. So more progressive attitudes, just meaning the kids viewed men and women more equally, less traditional gender roles, if you will.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And allowing men to feel, you know, the full range of emotion and express that when they need to.
1: Yeah, that's really important because men often get socialized that feelings are bad, don't feel anything, don't show any emotion. Right. And hopefully we as moms are training the next generation of young boys to feel things, (laughs) to be able to have empathy, not saying men right now, don't do that. But um, I think that is a a damaging stereotype where uh, that toxic masculinity, right? Where you're just supposed to buck up and be a man and don't show emotion.
2: Yeah. We really socialize that to young boys at a very early age. And if you think about what boys generally watch, you know, when they're four and five, um, I guess that the compliment to princesses are superheroes for little boys right? who are very hyper masculinized and, you know, don't show a lot of emotion except for maybe anger or fear and and kind of that. And so one of my favorite findings about the study is actually for young boys and the early results actually found that positive effects for boys um, consistently, that they were kind of more egalitarian from the beginning, less gender stereotyped and so on. And now not all young boys are super into princess culture, to be sure it's more girls, but there certainly are many young boys who view Disney princess media, and even some young boys who are into um, the toys and dress up and, and all those kind of things.
1: Yeah. Now, is this something that as we look at the evolution of Disney princess characters over time, right, you kind of had your early Snow Whites, Little Mermaids, Ariel, uh, Beauty and the Beast, Cinderella's, and you moved into sort of your Braves, your Frozen, your Moana's, your Raya's. I think that's a Disney movie, right?
0: Um, Your
1: more recent Disney movies. We see the evolution of these stories shifting from like the happily ever after to the more female empowered character who doesn't end up with a man who doesn't need a man to save the day, quote unquote right who kind of finishes the story herself right and and she's the main character whereas like in these superhero movies you always see the boy saving the day you always see the boy being the hero right but you rarely see the girl being the hero and so do you think the evolution of these disney movies well yes it has gotten better do you think that's enough or as we do we as moms have to put a real emphasis one to have our boys Maybe watching princess movies, or maybe with our girls having these these conversations more in depth.
2: All of the above. Yes, (laughs) all of the above.
1: I I think Disney
2: has come leaps and bounds in terms of their representation of women. Uh, They're a little bit slower in terms of their representation with men. Um, I, I had a lot of excitement when I saw Luca, which is kind of the newest Disney movie. It's not a princess movie per se but it was basically about this friendship between two boys Yeah, or trying to figure out who they were and embrace who they really um, are. And they were different and people didn't accept that. Anyway, it was, it had some beautiful things about friendship and identity and all of the things. Right. So I, I think we're like slowly getting there. But more typical, it's kind of the Maui character, right? This big guy with bulging muscles who's all strong and independent and, you know, that kind of thing. And so I love it when Disney can give us um, just beautiful representation of all different types.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's really important to kind of tell all of those storylines. Sarah Coyne is a BYU professor of child development and um, studied, did multiple studies on Disney princess culture. Um, Sarah, as you kind of teach these messages to your uh, young kids, what um, have you chilled out for lack of a better word on the Disney princess culture with your daughters? Are you less worried about it now than you were than before you did the study?
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah, I really am
1: and what it allowed to
2: me was to chill out with princess culture with my son. I I, I found even a bigger impact there. So I have, I have four boys um, and my eight-year-old was really into princesses from age two. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes as a mom, you're like, uh, what's going on here? I'm nervous. He's not playing, you know, with trucks or whatever. He prefers dolls. And and, you know, in our culture that sometimes looked down on and doing the research. And, and again, those early results even found a good thing for boys. I kind of let it go like to quote Elsa. Yeah, right. Yeah. And um, just let him be who he wanted to be and explore what he loved. And it's been amazing to watch him grow. He's only eight now, but he is uh, the biggest little feminist I've ever seen in eight years old. Like he really truly believes men and women should be equal. He will call out sexism anytime he sees it, which is on a regular basis. Right. Yeah. The fact that he's kind of picking that up already and being vocal about it, I think is a positive for our culture. And especially for so many men who don't even notice it or see that. And I'd like to think a little bit of that is because I let him explore what he wanted to in terms of princess culture.
1: Yeah, I think that's so important. Sarah Coyne, uh, Child Development Professor at BYU. Sarah, where can people find more information on this study if they want to read up on all the findings and how they can implement this into their parenting lives? Uh, It's in the journal Child Development, or you can always just send me an email. I can send you the full version. Hey, awesome. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us this week on The Mom Show, and keep up the good work because you're doing good research. Thank you. And right here in Utah, a Utahan doing this research. So it's so awesome. We'll take a break. We'll be back next week on The Mom Show.